Yeah. All right. We are live. Episode 10 of the sales series. This one is going to be fire. Fire. Uh, I'm super amped today, dude. My, my kid, we were, we were rocking in the car like this on the, it was I love it. I love um, it. High, high energy, high energy, David Paul Miller from the new primal. This is sales focus, 15 minutes, hard nose action, like a fullback running through the line for context. Give us a, just a 30 seconds on the new primal. Yeah. So the, the new primal, uh, we are about, 10 years in at this point, um, amazing to say that uh, 10 years has, has flown by. Um, kind of a, uh, a relatively, I guess, in the natural foods world, typical thing, right? Our founder, Jason Burke, uh, got into CrossFit, got into paleo, was looking for healthier options. Um, he had a desk job vending machine down the hallway. He's got a little bit of a sweet tooth, was looking for something that wasn't M&Ms, right? And so he got into almonds and cashews this is his afternoon snack. Um, and then that got old really fast. So we thought, well, jerky, right? Jerky would be a great option, high protein, low sugar, except that's not what the market was delivering at the time. It was all feedlot cattle. It was, you know, concentrated animal farming operations. He wanted grass fed, grass finished. He wanted no soy. He wanted no added sugar didn't exist. So in that kind of, you know, that age old story of the, the natural foods world, Googled it, figured out how to do it, bought a $30 dehydrator, started making it on his kitchen counter. And 10 years later, here we are, we've got uh, 36 products, 33 distributed nationally at Whole Foods, 42 by the end of the year. Um, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. But basically, our, our take is we want to make easy, clean, delicious foods for people to be healthier um, without feeling like they're missing out on anything from a taste perspective. Fine. Let's sell some of that right now. Let's <laughs> sell easy, clean, delicious foods, Okay. That's it. Uh, you walk into, or you're not walking into it now, but we're walking into a, uh, a meeting with a retailer. Give us a little bit on your deck. Again, 30 seconds. What does your deck look like and why? So I have uh, a, a pretty unique approach. I'm very conversational. I'm a relationship seller. Um, my take is that at the end of the day, no one really cares about your brand. They don't care about you. They want to they grow their category, right? So my take is how can I help you grow the category? What am I bringing to the table that's unique, that's different, that's going to be a value add to you? And so when we look at line extension, we've got great relationships at Whole Foods. Basically, our, our formula at this point has been innovation and collaboration with Whole Foods. They're our, our launch partner. We go exclusive with them. So when I'm in, when I'm in a meeting, whether it's pre-COVID physically in, in, in the office or whether it's, it's digital like this, it's really just about what can I do to help you grow the category? get the accolades, get the promotions, get the bonuses. And at the end of the day, deliver a product that is really meeting the demands of the consumer. And we try to have our finger on the pulse of what's next. And we want to be ahead of the trends. We want to help create the trends. And luckily we have a team that is comprised of, I think like 26 to 38 is, is our age range. So we literally are a living, breathing embodiment of our demographic. And I think that that really helps us know what we're looking for. Cause I mean, literally in, in, in like whiteboard sessions, when we're talking about line extension, we're talking about like what might be next. The first question is, what are you frustrated by? What would you buy every single time if it were offered? What are you, what are you buying now? But you're disappointed. The ingredients aren't up to par. The taste isn't there. Um, so really for us, it's just, it's about bringing the most value possible to our retailers to help them win with the end consumer. Value 
partnership, those are a couple key words. And I think that everybody should be honing in on that. There's this idea that when you're walking into a meeting, or in this case, you have a Zoom meeting where you have an opportunity to sell your product or your line into a retailer, which should be looked at as a partnership, that you are going to be selling something that may be cannibalizing something else in that set. That's not the case. Right. If anything, you should be staying way away from that kind of ideals, right? A hundred percent. Super yeah. focused on why you're going to bring in the consumer that you have, that you're building, that's looking for your product and the reasons why. So you're a, a value add. You're not just pulling away from the sales that are already existing in the set. A hundred percent. I mean, if you, if you look at it from a, if you try to look at it through a category manager's lens, right? If you come in and you sell me a product and you kill it, right? You're, you're number one in the set, but you take all the sales from what was number one for me. You're happy, right? You're, you're killing it. You're walking around with, with science saying like, we're number one, we're number one, but I'm not happy, right? Because I'm, I'm still where I was. So a hundred percent, it's, it's about being that value at the incremental sales opportunity. How are you pulling more consumers who are in the store, but they're not shopping the category? Right. And for us in, in meat snacks, that was being grass fed, grass finished before anybody was doing that. It was us and Epic when it first started. We were literally the only brands doing that. They were doing bars. We were doing jerky. Um, and, and it's great to see from an animal welfare standpoint, a regenerative farming practice standpoint, so many grass fed brands at this point. And that was kind of like, I mean, that was a piece of the puzzle when we first got started. We wanted to be a cog in that wheel of, of regenerative farming and, and how can we make the world a better place through food? And uh, we did a big return to the table um, campaign a couple of years ago that we actually continue with about uh, reconnecting, put the phones down, right? Put the screens down and connecting around food. So that's all kind of like uh, a piece of, of what makes the new Primal tick. Give us your take on the founder and the responsibility of, of that person bringing on a salesperson early in the business. M meaning when do you think that a sales, a, a, a seasoned sales exec in CPG, somebody with experience is needed to be brought in? I think, I think it varies. When you, when you look at most founders, I think most of them lean one way or the other. They tend, they tend to be ops-minded or sales-minded, right? And I think it, it, it's very incumbent upon them to understand where their, their talents lie or their natural skill set is. If they're sales-minded, you probably want to go get that ops person first, right? But if they're ops-minded, you probably want to go find the salesperson. So I think it's, it, it varies. Um, I think it's just a bandwidth thing. I think you have to feel it out. You have to figure out, okay, where am I best served? And, and, and I, I try to tell people um, when, when they're new founders or, or, or even you know, uh, at, at any early stage of, of their development of, of their brand is answer all your questions, like uh, uh, personify the brand. If the brand could answer the question, itself because that gets rid of ego right that, that takes your ego out of the question if the brand could answer and that goes down to slotting free fill new retailer opportunities if the brand could answer the question for its own health what would it do right and so even even to a hiring question of like when do i go get the salesperson okay is it is it time like is it is it financially prudent to go get a salesperson are we going to get someone who has a ton of experience and they've got all the relationships because they're going to be costly, right? But it's, it's, it's just weighing the pros and cons of do we get someone who's maybe been regional, but we think they're maybe ready to be a national person. And then how do we figure out how to get the relationships? Do you go brokers? Do they already have them or built in? Um, so I think, I don't know if there's a right answer that's like a one size fits all 
Um, but I think it comes down to recognizing your your skill set as a founder and what you bring to the table. Jason Burke, our, our founder and CEO, um, very sales-minded background. And so uh, he went and got ops first. And I was actually the, the, the second person to, to come on board in, uh, in 2013. Um, so I think it's just, it, it's just recognizing what you're good at. And uh, I think you've talked about it before on LinkedIn. Like you, you need to know what you're good at and know what you're not good at and then surround yourself with great people. Let's talk about questions that are brought into the meetings. Uh, we often, you know, with sales, again, it's talked about all the time about you got to be listening a lot more than you're talking, right? And we, admittingly, love to talk. We love to talk. I could go on for hours, but what you begin to do is be, it's training. It's just like lifting weights, right? You become, you, you start training yourself on how to be better at the sales process. So what do you think about coming into these meetings and asking questions rather than constantly pumping information that they may or may not need to even have as it is? A hundred percent. That is absolutely imperative, right? I, I, I think that what we hear from a lot of category managers that we're tight with that maybe give us a little more information about what they hear on a day-to-day -day basis is people come in deep breath, and then machine gun out a million words about why they're so much better than everyone else. And they're going to crush the category and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Um, our, our approach is a little more relaxed. It's like feet up on the desk, maybe not literally, but kind of that kind of vibe of what's missing. What are you frustrated by? What's working? What's not working? Um, and so it's, it's a very, like I said, relationship selling. That is to me, I, I, I have this kind of belief that we're all just big grown-up kids on the playground of life, choosing who we want to play with, right? And so like, if you can just connect with people in a really personal way, um, I mean, you still have to have great branding, you got to have a product, a product that people want to buy. But if you've got those things, how do you stand out? And I think that the, the personal relationships, so asking questions, how can I help you? Like what, what's working, what's not working? What do we think we can do? Um, I mean, I would like to ask as many questions as I answer. In a, in, in, a, in a true, and, and not every manager is a category manager is going to do that for you. Some of them, you know, I'm sure you've been in there where it's, it's like, you know, you, you can't get them to say a word. Um, but ideally in a, in a true partnership relationship and some of the best relationships that we have, it's a true back and forth. And they're talking just as much as we are, hopefully more. If you're, if you're watching this, there was a lot of value add. And if you're listening to this, it's funny. I got this clubhouse thing going at the same time. It's just, this is the first time I've done that. We'll see how it rolls out. Um, you're asking as many questions as you're giving answers to was a comment. And I love that. I, I, we were I, we just on a meeting with, with, a, with a retail partner and um, it was the first meeting and it, was, it actually came to us. So it was, it was really quick. There was this 30 second silence. And I was nervous because Aaron, who's head of sales, like knows me. Like I, I can just turn it on and off quickly. We literally, and it was on Zoom, we're literally staring at each other for 30 seconds. It, it's kind of like there was no reason to jump. I say this all the time. There's, there's an awkward silence that can happen in a meeting. Just breathe, breathe. Because as a salesperson, we feel so awkward in that moment that we want to just fire off stuff. And it's totally unnecessary. Just take in the pause, everybody breathe for a second and then get back after it. So 
I'm going to transition this into something that's important. What do you think about needing to, to, to believe in the product? It's kind of a given, but I want transparency, right? Like, what do you think about needing to believe in the product that you're selling to really be successful long-term? I think it's a must. I, mean, I like, I can't, I can't imagine, um, you know, being a head of sales and not believing in what I'm selling. Right. I, I, I think that if you find the best salespeople in the world, they're not going to seek out opportunities that are, are difficult. Like everyone wants the path of least resistance. And part of that is having a passionate belief in what you're selling. And so like for us, I know you're a big fitness guy, like our brand was birthed out of the CrossFit paleo movement. And so like we were the early, I mean, 2007, I got into CrossFit, Jason got into CrossFit in like 2009. That's when you'd, you'd say it, nobody knew what it was, right? They were like, what? CrossFit, like cross training. Um, and so we were the Kool-Aid drinking, hardcore, like you're CrossFit or you're not fit. We've kind of moved away from, from a, lot of, a lot of that now. But at the time, I mean, it was, it was a passionate, almost cult-like belief in grass-fed, grass-finished, as opposed to grain fed, you know, concentrated animal farming operations and things like that. And so, you know, now we have a, a, a whole different line. We're half condiments brand, half meats next brand. But at, at the, at the inception of the brand, it was, it was all about, it was animal welfare. It was, you know, the conjugated linoleic acid. We were, we were, we, when people wanted to, we were going down that, that path with them, but it was, it was a obsession like belief in what we were doing was better for the planet, better for the consumer, better for the body, better for fitness, just better in, in every way. And we a hundred percent believed in that. So it was kind of a, a blind ambition. None of us came from CPG. We were, we all came from different realms. Jason was software sales. I was in finance. Melissa was at Lululemon, um, our, our founding team. And, uh, and it was just a blind ambition to, to believe in what we were doing. And so I think it's, it's completely imperative. I can't, I can't imagine doing something and just going through the motions of trying to sell something I didn't believe in. Good stuff. I do it. Good stuff. You got to believe in it, folks. Uh, this is good. It's just 15 minutes, power punch, five, six, seven things answered. Uh, it, for a clubhouse, you can't see them. See, I've got a face for radio. Uh, David has a face for radio, television. I mean, this guy is it's uber good looking. Uh, you know, so he's on here Thank now. You. People can Thank see him. I got dang man. Uh, anyway, David, uh, they people know him as DPM in CPG. Good stuff. We know the brand new primal. I always throw the info down there. I appreciate you being on, man. Thanks, Mark. Great talking to you.